0: The people, the places, and everything that
1: makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. 400
2: metres left to go in the Tab Dolby Cup. And the leader Bean Dance and Festival Prince is close enough if good enough. Magic Charlie has just healed along, followed by the Tyler Vanasta. Bedley Magic overseas. Roma Cash. Military Kings Diggity may have broken down, drops out. Homeward bound. Festival Prince takes over. Bean Dancing's gone. Running on is the Tyler on the outside. It's the Festival Prince in front over the Tyler trying hard. Vanasta running on down the outside, but Festival Prince has broken away. And he's gonna take his hometown cup. Festival Prince, too good. Pushed out by Donald, takes it from the Tyler Vanasta, and fourth might be Bean dancing overseas. Roma cash. And-
0: the Tab Dolby Cup on Saturday at Park, going to a hometown victory for trainer Matt Crop and Alicia Donald, pushing out Festival Prince to take out the feature there at Bunya Park on the weekend. As we welcome you to Bushbeach for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. They had features aplenty at Dolby the Plough and Cup went to Ironside and the Dolby Newmarket 2 Zytecchi, both of them ridden by Jake Malloy, who wrote a double at the programme. The Atherton Cup on the weekend kicked off the Country Cup's Challenge Series and Fast Train taking out the first leg there, while the Stampede qualifiers started off at Springshore and the first leg there went to Hand Dynasty, written by Tyler Leslight who now leads the Country Jockeys Premiership I see up on the uh, Racing Australia pages at the moment. Springshore Cup taken out by Pallet. Another big uh, couple of days of racing for Philip Cole on his way back to Darwin after winning the Birdsville Cup and the Badiri Cup. Success at Winton on the weekend. The Morvan Cup going to Tango Tina and uh, the Spring Cup at Gimpy on the weekend taken out by the Carpenter with Cyril Small in the saddle, winning yet another feature cup. We've got lots of news to get through on the show today, and as always, helping us out with lots of news is Rob Black. Good morning, Rob.
1: Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And, uh, yeah, what a fabulous day, uh, race day at Dolby on the weekend, Tony, with that uh, TAB country meeting. But it's featured uh, that time-honoured race of the Ploughing Cup. But with that win by Festival Prince, Tony, uh, congratulations to Mike Kelly and his wife, the owners. Of Festival Prince. Uh, two from two now on the Dolby track. he it bounced back into form with that win uh, but he's been contesting the the city class standard uh, up until that point and I think he was even in the Magic Millions uh, country races at one stage too. So this frulling five-year-old's building an imposing record. Seven wins from 16 starts with two minor placings and uh, the Matt Crop stable going well. Uh, but talking about Talking about trainers and jockeys that are going well, uh, the name Wendy Peel just keeps bobbing up, doesn't it, at the moment, with Pat Duff particularly, but she had a winner with Bold Rumble. And the colours of um, Rodney Hay out of Tarum uh, came up with Tell the World, Craig Smith, and Gary Geeran. Rodney Hay colours are winning most of the provincial tracks at the moment. When you get a run on in racing, it seems to really keep flowing for a period of time. So uh, great to see that with the connections uh, in that situation. and. Uh, it's such a time-honoured meeting that uh, and great calling, as always, from uh, Brett Moody, who uh, I saw Tony uh, celebrate, I think it was uh, 40 years behind the microphone.
0: Yeah, I saw that, uh, Bob, up, and uh, and congratulations, Brett, on celebrating a milestone like that, throwing the, binoc- the binoculars in the mic at Cunnamulla one weekend when uh, their regular caller was unavailable. And uh, I've heard plenty of uh, those sort of stories down through the years of uh, callers that have got their big break because, yeah, it was a case of, uh, well, a regular guy... Is unavailable or has called in sick or has had car issues or something like that, and it's amazing how the careers can kick off.
1: Yeah, one of our guests later in the show, I think you'll be able to tell a, a similar story in Scotty Power at uh, Bluff. Uh, I think it was a case of that when fairly young age when he was still at school at Blackwater when he was calling those races. So it, uh, I think once you've got that bug of being given that job to do it uh, the first time around, you really enjoy it. But I think there's a few of us, including myself and And people like Andrew Watts out here who really appreciate uh, Brett's work, feedback, and and also his assistance in getting uh, gigs at different tracks. I know in my case, Olga and Tambo, uh, he passed the baton there. And, uh, look, it just gives you so much more experience in in the calling game. But uh, fantastic meeting for that Dolby meeting. And the the good thing, um, an interesting thing that Mike Kelly actually indicated to me, Tony, the uh, the Plough-In Cup... um, was actually there were so many nominations for it and rather than create a consolation race for it they actually put on Racing Queensland put on another maiden for the horses that weren't going to get in the Ploughing Cup. Uh, Now interestingly the field for the Ploughing Cup ended up with seven runners because the the horse is also nominated for the other maiden, and the other maiden had so many acceptances because people thought, oh, that will be easier to win or mightn't be as hard. Uh, it ended up being split. So you ended up with the Plough in Cup maiden and two other maiden races on the program. So good cooperation, but the Plough in Cup came back to the field of seven that Ironside, the El Maher for Josh King, starting off in his training career, and Jake Malloy uh, took that win. So really good responses to. Um, nominations and acceptances going on in these country meetings, and you're getting the same at Longreach this weekend. We had 109 nominations for your next uh, working holiday trip, Tony, uh, out to Longreach this Saturday, which is also part of the Country Cups uh, Challenge Series. But we're really wrapped out here with 109 nominations, a record for that, and I do believe will become an eight-race program.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to that coming through on the weekend. Just going back to Dolby, you know the Plough and Cup is actually older than the Melbourne
1: Cup? Yeah, look, I, well, I know it's uh, been on bushpeat a long time, but we don't go back that far. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of history.
0: First run in 1859, Melbourne Cup was first run in 1860. So, well, sorry, 61. Um, so, yeah, technically older than the Melbourne Cup oh. as much as these days, yeah, it's a maiden. Uh, and I guess they've probably yeah, missed a couple down through the war years and COVID and things like that, but... I don't know if they've actually had 163 plow cups but it's uh, the first one was run all the way back in 1859 it's quite incredible
1: so much history and tradition with country racing and that's just another classic example and uh and it got such a good response with those 94 uh starters on the day but the weekend also was a huge feature in the this second part of the year as we come to the country cups and country stampede Uh, finals that will occur in Brisbane on the 3rd of December with the Country Cups Challenge final being a $200,000 race and it kicked off proceedings on the weekend up there in Atherton where the first heat over 2,000 metres for the Atherton Cup was taken out by Janelle Ryan's Horse Fast Train. Down toward the home corner with 400 to go. Gellick still in front on the outside, Love on Sunday. New King is looming up
3: ominously. Fast Train is trying to get through the middle. And then Don Arcangelo picking up the bit and running on. There's four across the track on the uh, inside. Gellick still there. Going with him now, Fast Train. Still there, Love on Sunday. Fast Train and Love on Sunday. Fast Train. Fast Train and the local favourites cheer. It's got home. Love on Sunday, New King Gaelic, and also Donna Arcangelo and a photo for the Miners.
0: As you know, Rob, I love hearing the crowds when we get the opportunity to replay some of these country races and uh, that was the case there as Bluey Forsythe said in the call. A big cheer from the crowd there with the Atherton Cup going to the Janelle Ryan uh fast train defeating Love on Sunday and New King and uh, our Far North Queensland News rep on uh, Bush Peters with us this morning. Peter Rose here. Morning, Pete. Morning, Tony.
1: Morning, Rob. How are we? Morning, dear Peter. Well, thank you. And uh, look, Fast Train is the first horse that uh, gets the qualification to go to Brisbane. I find he's an interesting horse, uh, Peter, because he's in form. He's won three of his last five, but his wins have all been 1,600 metres to 2,000 metres. So it'll be interesting uh, over that distance of of the Country Cup final. Uh, if he's the sort of horse that's better suited or not. But um, what can you tell us about the progress of him and uh, if Janelle Ryan is uh, is continuing to uh, take that track to the final?
2: Look, he's come from Darrell Hanson's yard and has come up in, in good form this time round. And I suppose he's, he's two races out of his last five that he hasn't won, he's been quite disappointing on face value, but the races weren't really run to suit him. And a small field on Saturday... Um, a question mark over quite a few of them, whether they were going to run out a strong 2,000 metres, and he definitely got the form on the board, and um, they walked in front, there was no real speed, and it turned into a sitting sprint, and he had a lot of dash in his legs, whereas a couple of them were were probably at the end of their campaign, and and it was a good win, he just got there, I tell you what, love on Sunday, looked home everywhere but the post, and um, it was a really good ride by Rachel Shred, she took off early and and made fast train chase, but um, Shane Porsley, good to see him back in form, and and fast train, trained on course, as we always say, at Atherton's always an advantage, so he not got there in the last bound to beat Love on Sunday. And New King, I think, will be a nice horse for the Country Cups next year, having his first look at the, the northern scene this time around, but I think he'll be one to follow next year.
0: I know we've got a long way to go when it comes to the uh, this is only the first leg of the Queensland Country Cups Challenge. I uh, was just looking at the results up on the RQ website. Uh, fast Train in the third place get a new king. At this stage, not eligible for the final with insufficient country starts. But, Robert's a long way to go to the final because they just need to have a minimum of five starts at country race meetings uh, in Queensland between the 24th of November last year and the 23rd of November this year. So still a couple of months to rack up the other uh, four starts for those couple of qualifiers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and Peter, you mentioned a couple of unplaced runs, but we should also note that uh, they were both in high quality races, being the Cairns Cup and the Cairns Amateur Cup.
2: Yeah, that's right. And they were both, I suppose, they were. They were well, the Cairns Amateur Cup, Lewis January was six, seven, eight lengths in front, so it wasn't really run to suit fast train. And um, whether or not he he continues on and qualifies for the Country Cups, I'm not sure. We've still got Inneswell and Gordonwell Cups left up here, and. We've got a couple of meetings at Home Hill and Atherton in, in between. So there's definitely plenty of time for him to qualify if Ronnie and Janelle choose to go that way. And, and they're, they're supporters of the series. They sent Whitrick down last year. Um, I think this horse is a better horse than Whitrick, and, and he's proven down in the southern corner. So if they choose to go that way, he'll represent the North um, very well and be very competitive in the final.
1: Well, we certainly know he's going to run out the journey, being uh, the 1600, with that being his minimum winning distance. Uh, So the strength of fast train at the finish uh, could shine through. But, uh, look, the day up there in Atherton for the Atherton Cup Day, great to see the six races up there as well. And Pietro Romeo, uh, he's certainly uh, in form at the moment with a a double. He kicked off the first race and he uh, won on the second last on the program, I see.
2: Yeah, the Lout and Lordy Lou from um, Megan Purvis and Dave Reynolds come up from Townsville. The Lout's an interesting horse. Only had a, a few starts. He's a six-year-old uh, formerly with Brenton and Andrew down um, in Bow Desert. Now he's up here with Megan Purvis. And he put a really good run on the board first up in the region at Innisfail. I'm not sure what happened um, his next start. But on his Innisfail form, going into that maiden and they've all had plenty of chances. I thought he was definitely one of the, the winning chances. He beat Dream Love. She's come back in good form to him. First, second up run and fine impact. And newbie to the north, he was a short price favourite and finished third. But they'll out deserve that win. And then you go over to the second last, and it was a really tight finish. You had three horses across the, um, the track. And if anything, you thought on watching the replay that Volpies had hung on on the inside, but that at an angle got them again. And Lordy Lou for Gavin and Casey Kinley side. It's good to see them get a winner. They're big supporters of racing racing up this way. And um, they both actually, Gavin had his first runner as a trainer earlier in the day and Casey had one in as well and this one's trained by David Reynolds and it got there in the last bound to beat Bulties who really raced well at Atherton. And Acton Shale was a much improved run. Um, it hung on for third as well.
1: Talking about that country stampede, there's a win on the day at Atherton that really intrigues me. I followed this horse. I think he might add his first one at run at the Sunshine Casey ran third at big odds uh, going back a few years. Charlie Hoffman's uh, Nada Shah, the helmet, now, this horse got a great record at this track, but is he the sort of horse that could go on to a uh, country stampede final?
2: Look, Nada's one of Charlie's old faithfuls. He, um, he came up here, I think he might have been with one of the Webs originally down there, I if it was Tony or Mark Webb from memory, but he's come up here and he if he gets things his own way in front, he can be competitive in any type of race, any class. And I think in a country stampede, if he drew well and was on speed or, or in front, he'd give him a real good show, but in type of horse that if he doesn't get things his own way, he's the first to throw in the towel too, so he got to the front, it was a really aggressive ride by Scotty Sheargold, and, um, ran him along and, and put a bit of gap in him down the hill and um, it, it was going to get run down, Al Chiquilla moved up like it was going to run past, but Shale, as I said, when he's in front he's a different horse and he kicked good. Al she's she's come back well, she had a long layoff with injury and I think the win's not far away from her. And Masipenko right up in class um, put in a really good run. And, and he'll be competitive back in grade. I think he's on your class three or four horse. So um, for him to finish that close in an open was really impressive. But but you're right, if Nata, if Charlie chooses to qualify for the Stampede, he'll give him a real good shell in front, that's for sure.
1: The uh, Headley colours really shone through during that uh, the Cairns carnivals up there, and the Quinella result for them in the ratings band zero to sixty with Rambo getting the win over Smarty Lee.
2: Yeah, another on pace win. Um, NASA carried the sixty kilos and he, he ran him along. He gave him a bit of a breather before the turn and, and kicked clear. Smarty Lee, good to see it getting back to some form. It's a handy horse on its day, and it's just been a little bit disappointing of late. And Massa Red it's one with since joining the Janelle Ryan team's definitely changed its form around and I think in the country I think it'll be a very nice horse over over the summer months.
1: You've commented a lot on Rachel Shred in, um, in recent months, uh, Pete, and you, you mentioned how she went so close on Love on Sunday with a good ride, but uh, she did get a win on the day with Alex Malief's uh, Antique Lace, the Class B. And I notice she's she's lost a claim now, so she's she's gone through the grades and uh, done the hard yards. Good to see Rachel continuing uh, to get wins in the saddle.
2: Yeah, most definitely. She came off a, a high last week at the Amateurs with the win on Go Get a Boy who just... Has found really good form for her. She rode Love on Sunday, a treat the amateurs as well. And then obviously just missed on him in the cup, just run third on Acton Shale. She had a really good day. Um, and Antique Lake, I was uh, actually at the North Queensland Show Jumping Championships with Kelly Malak, Alex's wife, and we were sitting listening to the races. And halfway up the straight, she started cheering, Go Wok. And I, I said to races." And What do you call her? And they said, Oh, she's Wok." Penny Aguil was fry pan. Then his ruler is full brother was sauce <laughs> pan. And this is by the same stallion, and they call her Wok. I Someone likes their food. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, they were all from, all by the same stallion, and, and she's the third one they they've got recently. Um, and she's been a great buy for them. I think she cost under a thousand dollars. She won a cutest tab race, and now she's won again with a couple of playthings in between. And she's a tough little filly. She's not big. I think um the lead ponies are bigger than her, but. She, she's very tough, and it was a really smart ride by Rachel. She pressed the button when she needed to, and Denise's pride ducked back, back to the inside, and you had Shane Pausey and Rachel Shred punching them out together, and we all know how aggressive Shane is, but I'll tell you what, Rachel looked just as good next to him. So um, she's riding with a lot of confidence, getting good rides and getting the results she deserves.
1: Yeah, amazing how confidence just continues to build that uh, success. Now, with the Country Cups and the Stampede, where do we start looking in the far north for you guys? And uh, have you have you seen or do you do you hear trainers um, wanting to aim for this series final uh, as much this year? We head to Ewan uh, this weekend. I suppose that's uh, well, it's more inland from Townsville than us. But then we've got uh, mm-hmm.
2: Gordon Bell and fail for the cup side of things. The Johnson River and sure, is a qualification for the Stampede. Um, there's a few trainers, but it's getting harder and harder because you know everywhere you go whether it's the country or the provincials up here we're racing the same horses and they're good quality of horses now so as you would have seen when you're up here the the racing up here is getting stronger and stronger and Mm. whether it's a six thousand dollar open at gordonvale or a fifty thousand dollar open at townsville it's the same same horses going around at the moment so um, whatever horses do qualify from the north i think they'll be riding it up to their eyeballs down there and I know, I think um, Fred's got a couple and, and Dad's got a couple of more of the staying types. Ronnie and Janelle seem to have a couple of stayers. And I don't know where Ricky Ludwig's going to take bank, bank, bank. But if it qualifies for the country stampede like he did with old Windmill Lane and a few of them, will take some beating, that's for sure.
0: You're right, Pete. The Johnson River Quality at Innisfail, October 15, is a stampede heat. There's uh, then two heats that coming up in November at Ingham. The Herbert River Jockey Club have an 1100 metre open quality on November 12, and then the following week, November 19, is one of the last legs. Uh, there's an 1100 metre open at Atherton. Uh, the uh, the couple of legs there, and as you said, for uh, the uh, the northern side of the Queensland Country Cups Challenge, uh, we're looking at uh, some of the the races coming up there, like you and this weekend. Uh, looking further ahead home hill have their uh Burdekin meeting coming up on october 29 and cooktown cup uh, for the cooktown amateurs is on the 5th of November uh the other legs for the far north
2: yeah it's going to be going to be good racing that's for sure
1: and, and the beauty with particularly the country stampede even if you don't end up going to the final or you you start on that path and it doesn't work out you're building those non-tab runs those country runs that uh, lead into the battle of the bush next year it's a, a good transition uh, period where you need those five prior i think to the heat in the battle of the bush um, but getting those out of the way for the stampede or, or most of them makes it a lot easier going into the battle of the bush peter
2: that's right and I suppose the the country racing is where it's at over this this next couple of months up here um all the provincial carnivals and you know the the cairns carnivals are over and we look to all our cup races we've got gordonvale in usvale cooktown and then we start again early next year with mount garnet which is before the um, battle of the bush and i think we even maybe scraped Laurie before the battle of the bush so plenty of country races coming up and, and plenty of horses in work up here i think we've still got close to 100 horses at the cairns track at the
0: moment so there's definitely no shortage of horses. But it's just, I suppose, getting them ready for the races. Always good to catch up, Pete. Thanks for that update this morning.
2: No worries. Talk to you next week.
0: Peter O with us there having a look back at Atherton on the weekend. And the other big news out of the uh, the Country Cups Challenge, Rob, that we wanted to highlight, uh, Racing Queensland made the announcement last week that the uh, Country Cups Challenge is heading to new heights this year because RQ and the Country Cups Challenge have formed a community partnership with the Royal Flying Doctor Service uh, it's going to be an important fundraising initiative for the RFDS and uh, with the uh, the Country Cups Challenge there kicking off at Atherton on Saturday, the first of 16 qualifiers across the state. They're going to use that uh, to encourage the clubs to support the Flying Doctors with donation tins and raffles and other race day related activities and hopeful of raising a half a million dollars over the next three years which is fabulous to see. And it, it's such a, an integral part of uh, not just racing in country areas, but just living in country areas without the work that the Royal Flying Doctor Service does in the background and keeping everybody safe, and especially when things aren't too safe and they have to get them through to uh, city hospitals and things like that. It's amazing the work that they, uh, they do in the background. So I think it's a, a fabulous initiative and a great partnership that we're going to see uh, running over the, uh, the coming couple of weeks.
1: An extremely worthy cause, Tony and you only have to live in the country areas and I can vouch for it because I've uh, been on the Flying Doctor's plane once uh, coming out of Roma, it actually was, to Brisbane but when you live in a place like Longreach and you're not far from the airport, every time you hear the noise of a plane coming in at 9 or 10 o'clock at at night, the first comment everyone makes, the the Flying Doctor's came in last night Mm. and you know that someone's been safely transported and and got to the next stage um, of their medical requirements, so they do a brilliant job and uh, a tremendous cause and great to see it happening uh, Tony and um, we will support that throughout the uh, the series and that series is really taking on a big dimension particularly the stampede because out of Springshore on the weekend uh, there's a win there that I know we haven't got the replay but there's a win there our next guest Scotty Power is going to tell us about Hand Dynasty for Billy Johnson I've got a lot of time for this particular horse that's now won 8 out of 16 with 5 minor placings Good morning to you, Scotty Power. What did you think of the win of Hand Dynasty?
3: Hey, good morning, Robbie. Good morning, everyone. I thought it was a very impressive win, uh, particularly on the, the track. He he, he didn't really uh, want to lead. I was talking to Billy Johnson after the race. He thought he might have got to sit behind the speed uh, and be too strong for them, but uh, he was able to dictate terms in front with the, the claim uh, for Tyler Laylight, and he was I uh, was no claim, sorry, in that race, but the apprentice Tyler Laylight rode the horse, and as you said, a 50% win rate. Uh, 16 starts for now, 8 wins, Hand Dynasty, and made it 3 wins on the trot because it won previously at Mount Isa Bundaberg and then won the country stampede qualifier at Springshaw on Saturday. Now, that gets him a ticket to the big dance uh, later in the year. And I think Hand Dynasty is going to only improve, and improve him because he's a he's a very handy horse. As I said, trained by Bevan Johnson, ridden by Paulo Aylite, was too good for them. Uh, His home was a good run, trained by Craig Smith and uh, ridden by Libby O'Donnell. Uh, finished in second spot. And the other Bevan Johnson runner, American Genius, uh, ridden by Emma Bell, wound up in third spot. Now, don't be surprised uh, if you don't see American Genius down there for the final also because it uh, didn't really uh, look comfortable in the conditions over there. That The track had a little bit of a given it uh, over there at Springshaw. Some runners were going to, out wider to try and get, in search a better ground. But, um, no, very good win to Hand Dynasty. And as I said, Robbie, uh, I've got a big opinion of the horse because I was there at bar when he won his maiden just over 12 months ago, and, and that was pretty impressive that day.
1: Yeah, and when you look at that form, he's home as a provincial winner. American Genius, I'm pretty sure, was in the stampede finally the last year or the year before. The only probably, if you want to put a question mark, at this early stage and uh, hand dynasty, it's been all the sand, dirt trucks that uh, Billy has been taking him around. I think he had a run at Gul where he might have run third or was uh, unplaced. And if you want to put any sort of question mark, he's handling the dirt and sand tracks extremely well. Um, Hopefully no drama with the grass tracks when it comes to final time because I think he's an exciting horse and he's won out to 1,100. Um, So he's only going to get stronger as he becomes more competitive.
3: Yeah, I think he's a genuine chance. I know we are only early into the the heats, Robbie, but I'll give him a genuine chance in the final hand dynasty.
1: Yeah, it's uh, run over 1,100 that final, so seat him down to the ground, this Raphael's cat, four-year-old Billy Johnson, again, having another good uh, horse in the stable. Of course, Billy's no stranger to getting to these finals. But uh, you mentioned Tyler getting that win, and uh, it was one of um, all the wins by the apprentices on the day at uh, Springshire on the weekend. And Scotty... Did, did the track play differently? I've noticed at Springshaw before they all tend to come to the outside fence, but there was quite a few, I think, stayed towards the, the centre or the rails this time on the track?
3: Yeah, possibly the best going was towards the middle of the track, uh, Robbie, on Saturday. Um, uh, there was a couple that came to the outside and run on strongly at the end, but the, the middle the middle was a place to be, and certainly up on the speed was a place to be, but it opened proceedings up on the weekend with the... Um, Benchmark 55, that was over a 1,000 metres and it was the first leg of uh, a winning double at Springshaw for trainer Benny Waldron uh, and also the apprentice Liv O'Donnell, uh, Hangry, uh, was too good for them and Hangry got the money, defeated Traveller, which was a good run, framed by Geoffrey Rafter, ridden by Nat Summers and winding up in third spot was the other bar and galloper, love over goal for Patrick O'Toole, ridden by Chris McIver. Yeah, no, it was a pretty good win to Hangry and uh, as I said, the first leg of the double for Benny Waldron as a trainer at Springshaw but... He ended up with three winners on the day because he got a winner at uh, Dolby, I believe, too. So well done to Benny Waldron. Uh, the second event on the card, Robbie, was a three-horse maiden. And you wouldn't believe it. There was a late scratching at the barrier, so it left us with a two-horse field, and the cutest money was there. Uh, under par for Craig Smith um, and Liv O'Donnell, a first starter, uh, was believed to have uh, a good um, record with its jump out at Toowoomba, uh, this three-year-old by Speed and under par uh, had the one... Uh, start, one win, broke its maiden status over there on the weekend and defeated been a Bad Girl uh, by a big space. But there was only the two runners, as I said, with the late scratching of a goal chance at the barrier. I was talking to Craig after the race, and he said he had a bit of an opinion of this horse, uh, raced by the Ferrier family. They're great supporters of racing as well. And he may be uh, at the end of his prep because he'd had a pretty strong prep, had a couple of jump outs at Toowoomba, uh, and also, um, you know, been in work a little while. He, he may give him a little bit of a break, Robbie, but look for him at the Provincials when he does come back in under par. Yeah, just and, one uh, we thing,
1: Scotty. The... Um, I, I don't know if you know or what, in terms of the ownership or anything, but the name under par suggests there's a bit of a golfing connection going on there. Not that I ever tend to get under par with any golfing, but uh just sort of rings a bell with golfing terminology. Oh,
3: absolutely, mate. And, um, yeah... Uh, I think they did breed the horse as well. So uh, well done to the Ferrier family and, as I said, trained by Craig. Now, race number four was uh, the other event, and that's sort the second leg of the double for Tolla Laylight on the Bill Trimble train, El Orish Emperor. Now, El Arish Emperor was a very good run in Bluffett's last Start. This was a Class B over 1,400 at one. Uh, very good finish, this, because Top Melody came to the outside and run on strongly uh, to just uh, fall short of El Orish Emperor. And winding up in third spot was Unit Terry, but El Orish Emperor... Uh, one, it's uh, Maiden back at Chinchilla. Uh, that was uh, some six starts back. But, yeah, really appreciates this type of surface. And, um, yeah, no, run ran a good race in it Backed it up and won the Class B. Top Melody uh, for Stacey Meskin and ridden by Chris McIver was narrowly defeated in second spot. And Yuna Terry for uh, G. Tully, the trainer uh, from Baduri, ridden by Cole Lennon, winding up in third spot. But, no, that was a good solid win to our Irish Emperor and probably wants it a bit further as well. That took us to the last, mate. It was the, the other feature event, the Column Meek Memorial, Springshaw Cup, uh, benchmark 65. That was over the 1,400. And once again, the on-pace runners uh, set the tempo here. Palate, ridden by uh, Sophie Wilcock and trained by Benny Waldron. Uh, that was uh, the second leg of the training double at Springshaw for Ben. And Pelate was able to dictate terms in front, it was taken on over the back, uh, but was able to uh, be restrained and, and given a good run in front by Sophie. And she rated it to a nicety. And Palate was too good for them. It won by two lengths in the end. I am clever, came from a long way back, but Tom Smith and Chris McIver wound up in second spot. And third was De Mural, uh, ridden by Emma Bell, trained by Glenda Bell. Now, De Burrell, uh, is probably looking for a lot further, as we know, and he's probably a 10-length worse off horse on these types of tracks. So, yeah, it's good to see him get some miles under his legs, De Mural, uh, And he wound up in third spot. But, yeah, no, a good win to Pelate uh, to win the Columnegg Memorial Springshaw Cup. Uh, for 2022.
0: I said at the top of the show, guys, uh, Tyler Leslie with that double at uh, Springshire on the weekend uh, puts Tyler now at the top of the Queensland Country Jockeys Premiership. I know it's only early days, but it's still nice to be able to say that. Uh, Ten wins and five seconds, five thirds from 35 starts uh, is leading Dan Ballard and Robbie Farr. We'll talk about Robbie very soon because he had a treble at Winton on the weekend. Uh, and then on seven wins apiece, uh, Sarah Robbins, Brooke Richardson and Alicia Donald. And uh, also mentioning there, you mentioned Benny Waldron with that winner at Dolby on the weekend to give him three for the stable for the day, Scott. Uh, Craig Smith also had a win at Dolby with Tell the World for Gary Gearing and one of those 1,400-metre maiden plates. And, Rob, you're right, um, under par is by the stallion Speeth. So has the golfing uh, connotation there back to the U.S. Uh, golfer Jordan Spieth.
3: Also at uh, Spring on the weekend, uh, boys, I had the presentation of the the Racing Queensland Capricornia Country uh, Awards winners uh, for the various uh, trainer, jockey and also horse of the year. And uh, at Springshore on the weekend, um, Leon Robertson and, and Graham Campbell were on course and they presented Talia Fenlon uh, with the leading jockey uh, for the Capricornia Country region. Glenda Bell with the leading trainer award uh, for the uh, same area. And the horse of the year was Carino, uh, part owned by Glenda Bell and her cousin, Lindy Keel. Uh, so congratulations to all those uh recipients and um yeah no it was great to see and as you said tyler's um you know certainly making a name for himself uh with the with the winners that's been coming aboard uh, particularly the bevan johnson stable i know tyler's apprentice to bevan does a lot of hard work up there and great to see the rewards going his way and uh, i'm pretty sure uh, there's a lot more wins in store there and, and the provincial uh, winners will come also when um, his services will be sought after uh, we head to Twin Hills this weekend, mate. We've got the two-day carnival up there. Of course, you boys will be uh, no doubt having a couple of lemonades out there for your long reach meeting, and I uh, wish you all the best out there, Robbie. And, yeah, we've done a few miles over the last couple of weeks, but, yeah, looking forward to a good relaxing couple of days up there at Twin Hills, and uh, it was great to get down there to meet all the boys at Toowoomba last weekend also.
0: Yeah, you did a great job there, Scott. Thank you, as always, for joining us on Bushbeat this morning. Thanks, boys. Good morning, everyone. Scott Power there looking back at Springshire on the weekend. Now, with that uh, first leg of the uh, the Country Stampede qualifiers, Rob, uh, this weekend off to Mount Isa with a 1,000-metre open quality there is the next leg. And uh, the Country Cups legs uh, this week. We've got the UN Cup on Friday with the TAB program there. Very successful day for the UN Amateurs last year with their inaugural TAB meeting on the Friday. And then they have the uh, the second day of the UN Amateurs on Saturday. And, yes, the uh, the Longreach Cup and the Spring Cup at Mount Isa on Saturday are the next leg of the uh, Country Cups Challenge Series. And we'll be following those very closely over the coming weeks on Bushbeep. Along with those meetings this weekend, as uh, Scott mentioned, Twin Hills with their two-day carnival Friday, Saturday, Ladies' Bracelet Day on Friday, Cup Day on Saturday, the UN Amateurs Friday and Saturday. Uh, along with uh, Saturday's Longreach Cup meeting, of course, it's Weepwood Day at Toowoomba. Uh, features are plenty there, including the Toowoomba Cup, Garden City Guineas and the Shea Plate. It's also uh, the uh, Tarim Cup program for the Dawson Jockey Club on Saturday. Gladstone are racing, as are Muller. That's the meeting rescheduled from the beginning of October at Quilby and brought back a week and will now race for the Kunnamulla uh, and District Diggers Race Club. And uh, along with that, uh, Mount Isa program uh, looking ahead to uh, next week into Tuesday. Uh, this follows on from the Mackay program coming up this coming Thursday, but Rockhampton are racing next Tuesday. Well, I should say Rockhampton Jockey Club, but it's actually a meeting that's going to be held at Keppel Park Yipoon. And as we've spoken to uh, Tony McMahon on the show before, Rob, it's a great little course, Yippoon. I'm so glad to see that they've got a couple of extra meetings jumping in there with tab coverage while uh, Callaghan Park's getting a little bit of a renovation.
1: Yeah, beautiful um, grass track on the coastline there at Yapoon. And uh, look, you know, spring is in the air when you list off those meetings and those cups that are coming up this weekend and in future weekends. But that Longreach Cup that you mentioned, uh, Tony, there's uh, always turned to that this weekend because we're going to feature... Uh, uh, the winner of the Birdsville and the Baduri Cup in Sicaro that will be coming down for Philip Cole. And you, Phil Cole couldn't be coming in better form as a trainer, uh, not only getting the three winners out at Baduri, but he came through Winton on the weekend and backed up there with a double, starting with Faith and Love and ending up on the program with Max Away. But Faith and Love, a brilliant winner, just before she goes off to stud for Phil Cole and Wayne Davis. Faith and Love has a fairly easy lead in front, comes to the turn about a length and a half in front, by Turbo on the outside, uh, comes up and moves to the centre of the track as Mr Cruz shoots through in the centre Faith and Love under the whip, Mr Cruz Latin days creeping back along the rails Faith and Love, Faith and Love holding on grimly as Mr Cruz is challenging and down the outside, no refund Faith and Love, Faith and Love, the river circuit gets the win here at uh, Winton, gets up over Mr Cruz, no refund, Latin days along the rails into fourth place Flash made up plenty of ground. as we've been saying over the last couple
0: of weeks Rob it's been a very very successful trip down through the uh, the river circuit for uh, North uh, Northern Territory trainer Philip Coley he's been winning races left right and center including as you said uh, with Sicaro, Birdsville Cup Dury Cup and maybe onto to the Longridge Cup this weekend uh, but yeah the rest of the stables going along well and truly uh, in fine form.
1: And he brought his stable jockey down from Darwin in Wayne Davis, who really enjoyed the circuit down there at Winton. Two all the way wins with Faith and Love and um, Max away in the final event. But Faith and Love, what a strong mare uh, she is. Another Holy Roman Emperor, we heard um, Scott mention, one at Springshaw. She won at Birdsville and placed at the other two race meetings at Batuta and baduri and hence the reference i was making to the river circuit couldn't get all the words out in time but um she was a strong winner because she bounced from an outside barrier got across and wayne davis rated her perfectly i tell you what mr cruz is is right on the uh, uh on the hammer for a win very very shortly he's come off a couple of good placings and no refund living up to his reputation of very consistent running with robbie far for david um Rewall. but Faith and Love is off to stud now. I just forget the name of the stud that Philip uh, mentioned had uh, bought her, uh, but she's off to stud and goes off as a dual winner out of the last three runs. And they backed up again that combination, Maxaway, in the second of the 1,400 metre races on the program, the last race on the program, when Maxaway again from the outside barrier got across and led by three lengths at one stage over, and the win came over in and Strawberry Blonde. Uh, and this one, again, had come through the Birdsville and Baduri uh, River Circuit, uh, a gallant guru winner there. So Philip Cole coming to Longreach with a good team, and he's got several nominations there. Um, and in form, and a jockey that's uh, in tremendous form is Robbie Farr. Uh, of course, Robbie Farr uh, had the winning mount on Sakaro in the Birdsville Cup. He was hoping to be on that in the Longreach Cup, but the stable jockey gets the preference there. I'm sure Robbie will be ready to boot home a winner on Longreach Cup Day because he he kicked home Lozelle for David Rewald, a cutest winner by six lengths. And when he walked past me, he said, this one's pretty good. It's an El Nino, first run for the stable, and most importantly got that cutest money after over a fast-finishing Zarossa and Tayamina match. Um, But I think we'll hear more of Lozelle going through those lower grades. We certainly will hear hear more of Richard Simpson's new runner, Rapids. Medaglia D'Oro, five-year-old gelding, having its first run for the stable. Won by almost six lengths over Meteoriano and Grand Palazzo. Now, Grand Palazzo has been a winner in the Central West already. So Rapids uh, really donkey-licked the field in the Class B over the 1,200, and its uh, winning efforts suggested that it will get further. And then Robbie combined with his partner, Sherry Vick, with bottom line, I'm really impressed by this win over the 1,400 in the in the benchmark 65. And I noticed uh, Sheree has thrown in a nomination for the 1,300 uh, race at Longreach and the Cup. So he could be a sneaky chance, bottom line, because the unencumbered five-year-old uh, got the better of Shiv Carney, a proven northwest galloper. And Viking Raid uh, after leading, uh, holding on well for third. But bottom line was really impressive at some very decent odds as well for Robbie Farr and uh, Cherie Vic, And uh, the Central West trainer, Boy Forster at Ilphacombe, Timmy Brummel combined with Sir Paisley in the first of the 800 metre maidens and led all the way over Tanya parry's runners iron one and rapid style and again uh, sir paisley had been showing some potential in the central west runs and uh, boy's done a mighty job there because the trainers at came have been restricted with their ability to work their horses with the uh, wet weather that had been around and uh, he did well to produce it fresh over that 800 metres but no doubt about it, Robbie Fire and Philip Cole and Wayne Davis now, who is also coming down to Longreach, are really going to feature uh, on the meeting on Saturday with the number of runners they've got and coming in in such great winning form, Tony.
0: Just before we have a look at what happened at Morven and Gympie on the weekend, talking of trainers in the Central West, sad to hear the passing of George Tipping.
1: Yeah, very much so, Tony. Um, we lost a, a true legend of the North West and... George Tipping uh, unfortunately passed away last Tuesday at uh, age 75 and a lot of the information I've got so far comes courtesy of Neil Brockington of Trojan Bloodstock. Now, George, the first thing about him you'd say, he was a top class country racehorse trainer and a top bloke. Trained for more than 50 years and the horses he trained accumulated well over $1.3 million in prize money. Now... His hometown of Mount Isa uh, was where he won close to 100 races, but, look, he, he won races at Julia Creek, Winton, Camelwheel, Barcaldine, Batuta, uh, McKinley, Birdsville, to name a few. In fact, at Birdsville, he used to have his own stable set up, and it was situated in the prime spot, and no one did, would deny him of that because he's a true legend of the game. And some of his horses, his top five horses, that um, were indicated in uh, the article that came from Neil Brockington... Uh, my five eight one eleven won 11 races, uh, PIRJ, nine wins, late for T, eight wins, long street uh, seven wins, our banker, six wins, and Cassandra uh, had five wins, so he had plenty of uh, a good winning horses He worked on sheep and cattle stations. He was a rugby league player in his community at Cloncurry and a great friend of Clary Herman. In fact, he, he picked out ballente for Clary Herman, who we know went on to such great... Uh, Fame with his uh, efforts in the country racing, uh, so we really uh, uh, miss will miss George tipping around the race tracks uh, a lovable character, a true character, and uh, unfortunately passed away last uh, tuesday i don 't have details of what uh, what the funeral arrangements were, unfortunately. Um, But uh, our Bushbeat community extends our condolences to the George Tipping family, another legend lost from country racing, Tony.
0: And we'd like to also pass on congratulations to uh, one of our regular correspondents on Bushbeat in Tony McMahon. He was the recipient last Thursday night of the Australian Trainers Association Queensland Branch Awards at the Wayne Milson Medal Uh, President Pat Duff uh, recognised Tony's contribution to racing over uh, a relationship that uh, Tony was saying he and Pat have had for something like 50 years. I think he said it was something like... It might have even been longer, 1953 or something, when the the two gentlemen first met. But uh, it's basically the award from the president is uh, someone that embodies the spirit of racing uh, and is always there to assist people and always help out and uh, is always promoting racing in the best light and, yeah, if they're uh, training winners along the way, uh, well well done as well. But, yeah, it was wonderful to see. And Tony was, uh, well, he thought he was there, along with his good wife, Jean, to accept a monthly award on behalf of, uh, um, I think it was Lyle Wright that won one of the monthly awards. And it was just out of the blue that uh, Pat Duff got up and announced Tony as the uh, the President's uh, Trophy recipient for the, uh, the season just gone. So congratulations, Tony. Wonderful to see and uh, always nice when you can catch people by surprise as well.
1: Brilliant recipient there, Tony, and of course he's uh, well known on bush beat. but look, some of the articles he's writing, I think he's in the prime of his career, isn't he, in terms of what I'm seeing with the articles continually mm-hmm. being churned out from Rockhampton. Of course, we know Tony's career has spanned not only training and stewarding and race calling, etc., uh, but he just loves uh, horse racing and it shines through in everything he does, so congratulations to you, Tony.
0: Want to make mention too? Uh, just when I mentioned uh, the uh, race programs that are coming up in the uh, the week ahead, I just uh, spotted a post come up from the Cuttamulla and District Diggers Race Club on Facebook. Uh, they posted some uh, some pictures yesterday showing the absolute. Uh, Perfect blue skies that are out there at the moment. The track's looking pretty good, ready for their first of two spring meetings to be held at Cunnamulla. There is the forecast for some rain today, maybe 5 to 10 mil, they're saying. So the club's going to put another update on their Facebook post tomorrow if rain does fall, uh, and also advise all of the trainers that are heading out uh, regarding the new designated parking area for horse floats and trucks. Uh, But they're looking forward to their meeting on the weekend. And I guess this is a bit of a a theme, Rob. We have had uh, quite a few meetings, including Birdsville, that uh, the wet weather has played havoc with. And that was the situation with Morvan on the weekend uh, due to the state of the track in the area of the 1,200-metre shoot. They had to amend some of the distances for a couple of the races. They had to scale those back to eleven fifty. Uh, the stewards worked in with the the club there and uh, they uh, the club had to perform some remedial work after the running of race three to try and improve the consistency of the track to a satisfactory standard. And unfortunately, after the cup was run race five, last event race six had to be abandoned due to that section of the track between the 800 and the 200 that had deteriorated as the meeting had progressed and was no longer suitable for racing. Unfortunately, that kind of thing happens, especially when it's in the middle of the race meeting like that.
1: Oh look, Tony! It's 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 a real shame to see happen, and unfortunately, the stewards' report also mentions um, the breakdown of several horses during that particular uh, meeting. And full details available on the um, the stewards' report on racing Queensland. But our our sympathies go out to those connections and owners, and that's the one thing you notice with all connections and, and jockeys and trainers. They just want their horses to go home with them, and a, a real shame to see. But the racing uh, did occur on the day, and uh, it was good to see Brooke Richardson uh, bounce back. She'd been down on the River Circuit, and she bounced back with a double on the day, a Catawin, and that's for her uncle Pat Richardson. I'm pretty sure it's your uncle Brooke. Um, ran both days at Bird, at Birdsville, Catawin. Uh, The Casino Prince Mayor defeated Funky Farm and uh, also Auric Gold, two good horses in that benchmark 50 that Catawin was able to get up and defeat there. And she'd already kicked off the program with early plea, the star witness, well-named for Les Baker. Two from three at Runs of the Stable, and uh, that defeated Rogue Star and Algeroba. Now, here's a name I haven't mentioned in uh, Bushbeat for some time, Tessa Townsend. Good to see Tessa back in the area. She'd been riding up in Conundra or somewhere like that in the the, uh, northwest of Western Australia, I'm pretty sure, in recent weeks. She had a win on Clinton Austin's Alleluia, that defeated Roots and Rocks and uh, Solarch. It had come off some runs in the Longreach area. It, it lost formed a little bit in the last few runs, but the more than ready five-year-old bounced back on that track there at Morven. I think it might have been uh, tending to favour, as Scotty was saying, the uh, leaders at Springshore. I think it was a similar case there at Morvan. Uh, Max and Matt, Kim McGovern with Shane McGovern, they combined with the needs further five-year-old gelding, defeated Pucker up Palmer and um, short takes in the cutest maiden plate. And that Morvan Cup, which was the feature of the Curly Cattle Transport Morvan Cup, Tango Tino, Mark Johnson, Sarah Robbins. Tony, we haven't put the knockers on our guests lately, have we? Because um, Phil Coles continued on in winning form uh, after the interview we played last week, and Sarah, who we've had on after the Baduri Cup win, she continued with another cup, her third cup win, Morvan Cup on Tango Tino, defeating Tycoon Zip and Enterprise Grand in a strong winning effort. Uh, good to see Sarah get that win there and continuing on in winning ways at Morgan.
0: Yeah, and great to see also a, uh, a jockey that's no stranger to the winner's circle, not just at country tracks, but metropolitan tracks as well, was back in the winner's circle at Gympie on the weekend.
2: Friday's jet along the inside takes the lead. From Geo Time is under the bat. Then comes Rashid Labelle, Labelle. California Ventures got a job to do. Friday's jet. Cyril Small sits down on right side inside the 100 from Geo Time. Friday's jet in front from Geo Time. Friday's jet in front of Cyril Small. Friday's jet's too good from Geo time. Cyril Small winds back the clock, Eric Gimby. Third position, Rashid, I think, in front of California Venture. LaBelle, Label last.
0: But As Ross Cater here. said in the call there at the Gippy Turf Club on Saturday, uh, Cyril Small winding back the clock, not just to back in the winner's circle, which is great to see, but the man that rode Vaux Road to all of those wonderful wins had a double on the day, including the feature, Rob, in the Spring Cup.
1: And both for Terry Hall, and one included the cutest money, but Friday's Jet, two wins from three for the Terry Hall stable, the Jet Spur, two from 11 now, and got up in that Class B win over LaBelle, LaBelle and Rashid, and then backed it up with Terry with the Carpenter, the three cutest uh, money place getters, taking the money there in that uh, benchmark 60 with the Carpenter, winning convincingly over Clearview Jet and Nine Cigars. That's a, a Roth say, and it was good to see also at that Gimpy track, that runners having their first run at the track, including the carpenter, were able to gain the win because it's often horses for courses on the sand surface there at Gympie. But that also followed in the benchmark 55 when the night for Adam Brisky, and here's a name I'm glad to see in the winner's circle, Melissa Cox. I can remember Melissa as an apprentice came out to Longreach. I'm pretty sure it may have been a Longreach Cup meeting once and answered the call to be out here. Uh, apprentice to Ian Livingston at the time. Good to see Mel in the winner's circle with the knight over Fendoff and Credenza. And it was having its first run on the track, The Love Conquers All. But there are plenty that um, do go well on that uh, track, including Vice Man. Four wins from 13 with six minor placings A Gimpy. It defeated Ask Audrey and Gosso in the benchmark 60, the Denman nine year old. Um, and then uh, the other winner on the day was Buetta. For Trevor Thomas and Adam Spinks, um, that had its first win in 35 starts. That's what you call patience in owning racehorses. You certainly need it. One win and four minor placings now. Uh, Buetta, great to see Trevor Thomas get that win. And not only that, he got the Quinella because Dulat um, Matchaguda uh, came second and Marmion was in third place. But Cyril Small, Beau Rogue Days, coming back to memory with that double there of Friday's jet and the Carpenter out of Gimpy.
0: Another name that I was pleased to see back in the winner's circle, Ricky Jamison rode a treble at the uh, Saturday program at Gatton. uh, Lockyer Valley Turf Club program there. Malaya Castle also with a double. Harold Norman trained a double there. But good to see Ricky back in the winner's circle there uh, with that treble at the Gatton program on the weekend.
1: Oh, look, it's, once you get in winning form, it tends to continue on, and it's not only horses and jockeys and trainers that that happen. It's great to see, and uh, hopefully we'll see more of that happening over the weekend with our great country racings, with those venues you mentioned. Um, I know that when you put on Facebook, Tony, that you are coming to the Longreach Cup, uh, I know that Jared Daffy is probably likely to say, uh, you, he'll say no comment, but mm. you do work very hard when you come out here. Thank you. Uh, kicking off with the Calcutta on <laughs> Friday night. And then, of course, as Scotty mentioned, I'll have to supervise you fellows with your lemonades, et cetera, and look after you during the day. But you work hard all day with the MCing job, and uh, we really appreciate as a club that you've made, I think it's trip number nine. Or, or something I got like the that. Numbers wrong.
0: Yeah, well, i was, I lost count when we missed a couple through the COVID times, and <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back to uh, to Longreach on the weekend. And Jared, the invitation is always open. President Mister Watts has always said you're welcome to come along. Just because it's AFL Grand Final day doesn't mean anything. You can do your work from the track. Uh, the uh, invitation is always there for you to come and join us, Longreach Cup time.
1: Oh, look, we've got a big screen for the NRL final and a smaller TV, I do believe, for the AFL final (laughs) in the afternoon afternoon tony but it's going to be a fabulous stage racing of course we watch the weather as well because it was meant to be a little bit of rain today but so far so good not looking as though it is and uh we we love it when those weather bureaus keep dropping down from 80 percent to 60 percent to 40 percent chances uh it's all all looking good and the track will be in immaculate condition and we wish those uh, all tracks racing on the weekend particularly with the country cups and the stampede heats all the best and uh Send me any news to Barker's News at OptusNet.com.au, and we'll be back next week on Bushbeat to cover more great news from country racing. Thank you, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners.
0: Our thanks to uh, Rob Luck and Scott Power and uh, also Peter Rowe for joining us this morning. We've covered plenty of territory this morning. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this weekend. Looking forward to being in Longreach for their Cup. You and Abbotters for their two day carnival Friday, Saturday. Ditto for the Twin Hills Race Club for Friday and Saturday. We wish you all the best. Big days coming up as well for Cunnamulla. Tarim Cup Day for the Dawson Jockey Club. Gladstone and Mount Isa all racing as well. And, of course, Wheatwood Day at Toowoomba on Saturday. Lots happening right across this wonderful sunshine state. And we'll be back next Tuesday to report on all of that and more here on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.